You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the connoisseur, French Thompson. Can you all believe it? We're at the end of a year. Um, it's been an amazing, amazing uh, season. Uh, never thought that we would get this far, but um, it's been great. And um, for this episode, I wanted to kind of take a, a step back and look at all of the episodes we've had uh, previously and kind of get a, uh, a review and have some fun with it to kind of remember and give you a way to, uh, to turn back into it. So before we dive all the way into it, if you are not a subscriber, this is your first time. Welcome again. This is the connoisseur French Thompson. Thank you for, uh, tuning in and being a part. And, uh, we, we hope that you will be a subscriber, somebody that's, um, looking to be, a part of this and um, and essentially uh, join us for next season as well. So we're starting off with our first interview uh, that I had with uh, my brother-in-law, uh, Jamar Washington. And, uh, you know, he's wrote s- several books. Uh, I Won't Starve, You Won't Starve. And he's a, an entrepreneur. And we kind of talk about how he uh, felt the call to to kind of pursue this passion. So. Take a listen. Let me see what you think. But I went to a TDJ's conference in um, in Orlando, Florida. And he said, uh, that's when he dropped his book, Instinct. Mm. And um, I bought the book. And he was preaching. He brought a lion out on the cage. A real lion. Brought TD, on stage. TDB. <laughs> you know what I mean? He brought a real lion on stage, man. And he was like, you know, um, this lion been in the same cage all his life. Wow. He said, so why why is it that we still got him in the cage and we won't just let him out? Ooh. He said, because something by his instinct, we're worried that he's going to become the lion that he's supposed to be. And I couldn't stop crying. You know, my life changed from that time, man, because... At that point, I immediately started going after, like, okay, I'm leaving this job. I got my own office, even though I didn't really have the, the, the jobs to um, stand to set it up, but I did it anyway. Yeah. You know, I started working with my pastor in there every week. That was my standing appointment one time a week. But I said, you know what? I need something. I know what I'm looking for. So I'm passing out flyers, getting prepared while I'm working. And then something just was like, okay, it's over. I'm not going back to work no more. And I've never been back. And life hasn't been any better, you know what I'm saying, for me. But it was just one of those things. And then when I had that transformational year, you got to give it back. You can't hold it for yourself. So, you know, I Won't Starve came. You know, I was telling people that as a negative because I got a lot of, oh, man, you stupid. Mm. You know, you just got a job. How are you going to leave it? I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm not going to starve. I done been through enough. I know what to do. And that was the truth. But... I affected so many people positively. They would come back and tell me how the words, what it did for them and how it blessed them. So I said, okay, well, I'm gonna keep blessing people. So we created the I Won't Starve Entrepreneur Development Workshop. And you know, my life has never been the same since. So tell people guys what you think that was really good. I mean, again, all this is for you to go back and listen to the full episode if you have not yet already. But 
this next one, uh, we have a recurring guest that uh, uh, is my best friend, Larry. Um, if you haven't listened to the brand, the first episode, uh, the inaugural episode, he interviewed me to kind of talk about what uh, all things finding gentry was about. But um, as a recurring theme, we have him on for what we call lyrics and libations with Larry. And uh, in this first episode, we really kind of dive into uh, the baseline. What is our baseline for likes, for alcohol, for libations, as well as music? So uh, take a listen so you know what our palate's like. Uh, and so from for those that are listening, a baseline of ones that we believe are tasty and ones that are uh, a staple in our um, in our liquor cabinets, closets, uh, liquor carts, wherever you have. Uh, Gentleman Jack is one that's a baseline. Mm. <clears throat> I would say uh, Basil Hayden's. It definitely has the, the the regular and the ten year and the ten year. Uh, um, now, uh, you know, I've introduced to you the Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest. That's so that's that a, is, that's a that staple. Definitely a staple. Uh, but for me, my staple will always be tried and true Crown Royal. See, the see, purple bag. This is the thing. <laughs> like Canadian whiskeys, they're they're tasty. I just think there's a they're a little sweet, but. That that's that's his staple. That's, that's I, my I, staple. He, I, I, mean, I grew up a jackman. Yeah, you definitely grew up a jackman. That's I mean, that's something your father instilled in he you. Did, he did. So, you know, gentleman Jack might be a little stretch for dad, but yeah. you know, yeah, no, Jack I mean, is is you all staple. Mm-hmm. So Jack, gentleman Jack, single barrel Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, we, we, we do those. Um bullet. Bullet Rye is actually yes. my favorite. I, I was I was going to leave that in, but I appreciate Bullet you. Rye. Because it's, people, you know, it, you can do the bourbon, but you do the rye whiskey. All right. What, what else? Woodford, Woodford Reserve. Yeah. Yes. Woodford Reserve is awesome. Yes. Uh, now, let's talk about one that we did not like that we've we've had along the way. <laughs> Jefferson. Jefferson's Ten. Ocean, the, the 13. The 13. The, the Voyage 13. Oh, the, the flavor profile on that one, just a little spicy. Little? Yeah, it was, it was very spicy. <laughs> Uh, it was a a, a a holiday, and and uh, we we split uh, holidays with our families. Uh, we'll go visit them; they'll come visit us. And um, I had a uh, a consultant. I was out in Miami, and um, we were kind of talking about some things, and we we're talking about whiskeys. And he said, "Oh, you have to try this Jefferson's." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." So I finally had the opportunity to, and I mean, it's very nice, right? So this the Jefferson's they have these voyages, and they put these. Um, the, oh, the the barrel casks uh, on ships, ocean going vessels, mm-hmm. and the number associated with this number of times that it theoretically crossed the equator. I put in quotations uh, virtually here because I mean I don't know if you can really prove that they did it, but you're supposed to get spices and all different flavors and things like that versus just kind of being in a warehouse somewhere. But that one, I mean, we drank it all, but um, it, it was not. Yeah. We drank it because we, we put had good, to, we put good money towards we put it. some good money towards that one and it was just like yeah yeah so so we'll, we'll leave it at that how now, you say it, you know with your teeth clenched <laughs> <laughs> I, you can't drink it with your teeth clenched kind of hit you right back there I mean but it, 
it, what what I want you all to understand is the fact that when we both took a sip at the same time, we looked at each other and was just like, yeah, no, no, it's not going to work. Yeah. And the wives were very interested because, like you said, we put up some coin. They thought it was it. hilarious. We put some coin on that and they looked at us and was like, you better like this. And we did not. So so all that being said, um, that, that establishes kind of the baseline, at least for for whiskeys, for uh, for for the the listening uh, population here. So that was our baseline for uh, for whiskeys. Uh, we love those. But here's a, a taste of our baseline for music and kind of a little bit into the brain of uh, Larry Vaughn. All right. So so Soul Sister is right. I mean, it's, it's one, one is the radio time. hits. It's people my, people feel it. The baseline on here is just one that you just thump, roll with it. And you know who produced it, right? No. Rafael Sadiq. Really? So that's why you get that fun. Uh, baseline see you see that this is what i'm telling you folks you will learn something new anytime you have lyrics and libations with larry yeah but rafael sadiq yeah absolutely <laughs> listen to it so now this next episode um came in the wake of uh, the tragic death of chadwick bozeman as well as coach john smith of uh of Georgetown. And um, I had a great conversation with uh, a friend of mine from Morehouse, um, Kyle Yadell, and we kind of talked about what a living legacies were about. And um, he kind of dug into what, uh, what what Chadwick was going through uh, in the years leading up to, to his uh, tragic death and uh, kind of challenges in our way of interpreting what other people are going to going through and how we need to be better about um, kind of creating a baseline for our own uh, development and growth. So take a listen. If you really put it in context, Chadwick Boseman's first feature film was in 2012. So you've just been right? wor- working hard for eight years. For eight years. Well, well, for well which, yeah, well, we don't know what he did to get the right. I mean, his, his grind right, 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 got well, him there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I'm talking about from a, from a perspective of how we know Chadwick Boseman began Jackie Robinson was his first feature film. Wow. Very first one. He wasn't a supporting actor or nothing else before that made it to the big screen. Jackie Robinson, 42, was the first one. And then he goes from 42, he goes and plays James Brown, ends up playing Thurgood Marshall, ends up being Black Panther. Obviously, half of his career in the public eye as a feature actor was when he, was he had cancer. Like, really think about that in the context of what I just said. Like, you're talking about seeing someone's highlight reels. Would you rather? Mm. Would you rather be really successful and 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 you are dealing with stage three to stage four colon cancer? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 you never know what someone's dealing with. So like, don't worry about what you think the external things that people accomplish. Just think about how you can best accomplish what you want to do, and compare it to like, are you better? today than you were yesterday and are you prepared to be better tomorrow than you are today i'm just saying you can take this knowledge or you can leave it but that was some good stuff from kyle there we call him scoop um again i want you guys if you have not taken a listen to these episodes please go back and listen to them they're all uh, on your favorite podcast platform the same way you're listening to right now uh so this is some good stuff and i enjoyed it going back and listening to all of these so i can get these small clips but these are great, great, uh, great nuggets. So uh, next up, we have another recurring guest that uh, you'll see on the podcast or hear on the podcast. It's uh, Robert White, uh, Robert D. White, actually. And um, we have a 
a recurring episode or a recurring series called uh, Rants, Discussions, and Wisdoms with Robert Deshaun White. And uh, this one, this first one, we talked about curating your algorithm, essentially uh, your circle, the way that you ingest uh, things in your life and uh, how to best navigate it. So take a listen. So, so this this is good, right? Because uh, this this week, and I was feverishly trying to find it on on social, but I, I remember what the quote was, and I'm curious what what uh, and I, I uh, reposted as a story on my account, but it ultimately is from Nipsey Hussle. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he said, it, yeah. "Yeah, if you look at the people in your circle and don't get inspired, then you don't have a circle; you have a cage." Listen, when you posted that, I immediately was like. I don't want to be a bar on your cage. That was my thought about you because you're posting this. So obviously your mindset is thinking, I I want to continue to be in your circle. Right. So then I started asking myself, what am I doing that inspires French? That's good. I literally asked myself that. And then it's not that I'm just trying to please you. Yeah. What it does is it says I'm challenging me at the same time. I, I can be a better Robert. Yeah. And I don't want to be a bar. On someone else's case. I mean, you think about it, right? So legitimately, a couple do rag down ago. Like I literally talked about your circle, right? Yeah. And curating your circle. And then I read this and I think legitimately, this is the same thing, right? We, we, we kind of start talking about task and algorithms on Instagram, but legitimately, when you look around you, it is what you have curated. Yes. Right. Like your friends, your circle, what you are posting on your stories, or even if you're not on social media, what you are legitimately consuming and putting out is with the algorithm that you have curated around yourself. And you got to ask yourself, okay, is, is the, the circumstance that I am in and me saying, Oh, woe with me or here are my challenges or I never get to do anything. Is it because you legitimately built yourself a cage that you are living in versus necessarily building yourself an inspiration to aspire to and people that are, are um, lifting you up and pushing you uh, as well as you doing the same to other people or legitimately have you put yourself same thing in your Instagram cage or in your Apple news cage where it's like, Hey, you know, you're scrolling and all you see is a certain website, right? right. That's feeding you news because you keep going to it. And then before you know it, your mindset is that that's the cage that you have built yourself in physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's that right there. Check your algorithm folks. <laughs> so, um, that was good. I'm going to keep saying this. So, uh, don't get tired of it. This next episode um, we had with uh, uh, Jamal Williams, who's a uh, educator, Dr. Jamal Williams, who um, is an, an educator and administrator at uh, Texas Wesleyan uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, we talked about black men in education and the challenges that are associated with it and really kind of what got him where he was and uh, nuggets of wisdom that he took with him for him to continue down this path of education and being passionate about what he does. So uh, uh, take a listen and let me know what you think. So in hindsight, I would have had my doctorate at 28. <laughs> 28. Uh, here I am 40. <laughs> right? Um, at 28. I probably would have re- you know, really shaped my, my entire you know, education if I had just listened to that advice. And I always kick myself uh, when I think about that experience. So, uh, you know, that's where I, I really thought, like, man, mentoring is a, is a, is a valuable tool. Uh, one of the things, like, my dad had always taught me 
is uh, just talk about the background a little bit back. And I'm not going to make this up. My dad, cause my mom listens to this. No. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things, he, he grew up without a father. He listened to he was around his grandfather's lot, uh, but he didn't grow up. His father lived in the same town, but he didn't, he wasn't around him. So when you don't really grow up around a male's voice, uh, or male's guidance, grandfather's there, um, uh, have to really learn to discern, uh, why guy, right? So you have to really figure out whose voices are key in your life. Right. Hey, so a lot of times I'm just gonna pause right there. That's a do rag download. For <laughs> for those who have not tuned in, y'all gotta listen to do rag downloads, but that's good. Being able to have a the ear for wise guidance, man. Cause you're gonna have a lot of people talking. Right. People talking every day. But being able to yeah. hear and, and know when it's good. That's good. That's good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What did I say? Learn how to accept wisdom and be able to grow and uh, become more from it. Doesn't matter who it comes from, be it your parents, uh, be it your social circle, etc. Uh, take it with you and uh, grow and become better by it. So, uh, this next one up uh, is a good friend, Justin McLaughlin, and um, he, he's about entrepreneurship and uh, working with the city of Fort Worth and others. But he's recently, uh, I guess by the, this recording, is it recent, but this year, truly launched his. Um, his, his bean business, essentially coffee beans and uh, capturing this this part of the market and, and becoming a force in it. And so he talked about kind of his entrepreneurship journey and how he got into the world of, uh, of coffee. So uh, it was a great episode and some good nuggets about, you know, resources for small businesses and people getting off the ground. So here we go. Yeah, I guess when you went into the role, did you expect what you what you see now as far as the opportunity and um, the uh, essentially the, the limitless um, opportunity to kind of expand and, and grow as an entrepreneur in a business? To be honest, no. Um, like just two years before this in the prior role, I, I didn't I didn't know. Like to your point, there were so many opportunities available because a lot of the information uh, for entrepreneurs, particularly like startup companies and stuff like is this not it's not out there how to get, you know, funding opportunities, um, you know, getting uh, business development classes and, and, and going through like different organizations like, you know, national organizations uh, like SBA yeah. and then local organizations like like in our uh, our, our area in uh, Tarrant County, like Tarrant County Small Business Development Corporation. So like I didn't even know any of these things existed. And then more so not just the entities themselves, but like what they offer. And the crazy part is a lot of it's free, you know, like a lot of the information and stuff that's out there, these tools and resources just to get to the place of like, you know, how do I write a business plan? Um, how do I, I have this idea in my head and how do I go from this idea in my head to a tangible product? Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of resources out there um, that again, I didn't know anything about. And so fortunately because of like literally where I'm physically housed, there's 
of those different organizations that are like right here in the building. So it was a large benefit for me because um, uh, kind of like yourself and, and you know, I've, I followed a po- podcast from Genesis and like yourself, I mean, I'm just a curious person. And yeah. so it's like, okay, once I'm kind of in this, this one lane, it's like, all right, that's cool. But like, what else is out there for mm-hmm. me to explore? And literally like, uh, from a, from a work sense, like I had that opportunity and exposure to yes, be at work and do my job and handle that business. But then, you know, have a 30 second walk to an office that has shown me this whole different world. And, and to be honest, this like the people that I'm able to, uh, for my job, come across and talk with, um, and just, just the thought process, like how people, you know, go about chasing these pursuits. And one of the things that, um, and, and I won't go all into my experiences, but, you know, I, I was a school teacher. Um, I've done like budget and finance stuff. So I've done like a lot of things just kind of coming up as far as work related. Mm-hmm. And uh, for our culture, um, what I what I recognize is that, again, like it's just not a lot of times we're just not exposed, period. So it's not that we don't have the ability to do these things. And it's not that we're not smart. We don't have the intellect. It's just that, just <laughs> again, don't we don't know. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of this information is not like widely pushed out. So you have to kind of, you really have to kind of search for it and you have to know. And that's, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Um, like that's, that's a life lesson in general, right? There's so much out here so much knowledge to be gained, but exactly. it's about your personal desire to mm-hmm. pursue and learn and really uh, acquire that knowledge that helps you exactly. become that much more, you know, more better at what you're trying to do or mm-hmm. um, allow for you to achieve the goals, uh, whatever pressing uh, passion or calling. Like I said in that interview, I um, I'm not a coffee drinker, but. I'm going to try some of his beans there. <laughs> so uh, this next one is with Joseph Solis, and uh, he's a personal trainer. And this year he kicked off what he called fourth quarter, uh, really pushing himself to get better physically. And we talked about the challenges of becoming fit, maintaining your fitness, and how to fix that in your life. So um, especially as we go into this new year, everybody's going to have all of these uh, New Year's resolutions about fitness and health. We'll take a listen here and make sure that you're starting off on the right track. When, when we talk about getting healthy, right, there's this, and I'll say it again, right, there's this Instagram, Facebook, whatever mm-hmm. view, right, that uh, a healthy person has a membership at Equinox Gym. They have their own Peloton in their home. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, they do yoga in the morning um and they have smoothies all day right and that's yeah. that, that's what what it takes to get healthy and to lose and manage weight but you know for mm-hmm. for what you said right it's it's very practical guidance it's you know straight Correct. up saying hey it, look eat right and you know have a cal- calorie deficit in the way that you're 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 uh, engaging and and be active and you know you, you You'll see results. You will see improvement. And as you essentially get to the waiting uh, area of the pool, then you, you dive deeper. And that's when you call somebody right. like Joseph Solis. <laughs> exactly. And I can create a, a workout plan for you and send it over. And, uh, yeah, you'll definitely you'll definitely get some work in that way, I will say. That's what's there, there's so much you can do, man. Like, I, you know. I could sit here and tell you to work out, do do arms this day, do chest this day, do back this day, 
But there's so there's so much that can be done as far as exercising goes. There's so many different ways to exercise, and it's really all about consistency. It's it's that's that's accountability and consistency are your biggest uh, helpers when it comes to being healthy. Because people most like just like you said earlier, most people start they you know they'll start working out, they'll start eating healthy. They know what to do. Most people know what to do, what to eat. It's just about doing it right. For me, in the past, it would be like, all right, I'm I'm on a really good, I'm on I'm on a good roll, right? I take a week off and I'm not going back for another three months. Right. It's, it's, it's a mindset thing. You know, you have to be number one is find your why, like, why are you doing this? And that's another thing I tell my clients, like, what is your why? Like, I've had people tell me, you know, what, you know, what is your why? Why are you working out? Why do you want to train? Why do you want to get healthy? Well, because I want to be able to run around with my, with my grandkids. Okay, that's a good that's that's a good goal. Why do you want to do this? Oh, I want to be able to run a marathon. Oh, I want to be able to just walk up the stairs without, you know, losing my breath. Those are those are very valid uh, whys. You have to find your why. What is your purpose? And you have to you have to take that purpose and and ingrain it in your mind. So are you ready to fix your fitness or are you just talking about it? Make sure you reach out to Joe and get his contact information. He'll put together a, uh, a, a, a list and a, um, a method just for you to be able to fix your fitness there. All right. This next one was a really good interview. Uh, all of them are great, but uh, a good friend, Jamar Jefferson, one of my friends back in Chicago. And uh, he's one of the guys that, you know, a person that just doesn't, not necessarily doesn't care, but it is purely about saying, hey, this is me and I'm comfortable in my skin. And so we talked about being authentically you, <clears throat> excuse me, authentically you with him and how he found his his uh, his purpose and his path and, you know, found his comfort in being who he is and how he was created. So take a listen. W- when yeah. do you think that that switch clicked for you in your life to say, you know what, this is just me and I'm going to share and be and uh, be you know, unapologetic in who I am, right? not rude with it, not arrogant, not over here smearing myself onto others, but that you just said, you know, like, hey, this is me. And if you love it, you love it. If you don't, you don't. And even with that, I don't really care. Well, what'd you, how'd you get there? <laughs> uh, I got there in college, bro. Mm. Um, I, you know, my father always told me, one thing he told me, he was like, uh, best piece of, one of the best pieces of advice he gave me was like, man, ain't nobody, you go down there when you go to college and you take care of yourself and do what you need to do. Ain't nobody gonna, ain't nobody gonna have any sympathy for you. Mm. Ain't nobody gonna care about what you do or how you do it. You know, the only per, the only thing you, you, the only thing you can worry, only person you need to worry about is you. So go down there and do what you need to do. And, you know, you take heed to those words, but at the same time, you, you find friends in college and people you hang yep. out with on a regular basis yeah. and stuff. And then you, you hanging out with them. And then one day, you know, they do something and you're like, bro, like, why would, you know, I thought we was cool. Why did you even do that? And they like, man, you know, ain't nobody, you know, they like, ain't no big deal. And you're like, it's a big deal to me. And I mean, it only took one time, bro. Mm. And I mean, even, even just with guys, even with, with girls, took one time. A lot of guys become that way because the girls, a girl breaks their heart. They like never again. Right. But they like never again. But like, uh, you know, you're like, I was just at that particular point. I was just like, I'm just going to be who I am. And that's it. And, 
I mean, I'd be in situations where I'm hanging out with people of a certain kind or I was I'm hanging out with, uh, you know, just people that don't necessarily do a lot of things that I do. But it's not that. And I realized I learned that it's not that they don't do what I do. They just haven't done it yet That's or good. they haven't experienced it yet. So, you know, I'm sitting around with a bunch of people. We all hanging out and I'm and I was actually this is when I started. I was actually at a study group outside and we were all for class. We all do good, did well in class. And I'm sitting outside. I'm like, man, I pulled a black and mild out of my pocket, started smoking it. <laughs> and they're all looking like, you know, they're like, oh, they're like, oh, OK. And they're trying to ignore what I'm doing. <laughs> and it wasn't that it wasn't that I was doing anything wrong. I was still in the conversation. I was still working with them and everything like that. It was just obscure. They never had anybody sit there and smoke a black and mild while I, while we're studying. And I'm like, it's outside. I'm not, you know, and so. So I'm like, you know, so they look at, I, I start to feel the tension a little bit. Mm. So what did I do? I'm like, you want one? I got another one. <laughs> and they like, is some, somebody's like, yeah, you know, I'll try it. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. And they're like, I love the, then it, it opens up the conversation. That's I good. love the smell of those, but nobody, you know, I've never smoked it before, but I love the smell. And I'm like, you want to try it? I mean, they're like, no, I don't want to try it, but I want to smell it. I was like, I'll keep smoking it for you. No big deal. <laughs> So these next two are um, going back to uh, lyrics and libations of Larry. And this one was such a good episode that we had to break it into two parts. Um, first one, we really kind of talk about Bill Withers and uh, his passion and him pursuing his calling in music. Uh, but the second one uh, that you'll hear is the follow-up interview to that, to where Larry and I kind of talked about uh, his path in music and how he has been able to be comfortable in whichever path that God has for him and being able to accomplish the goals that he has. So it's a two-parter, but it was good. If you know me, um, the type of voice that I have, the type of feel that I have, mm -hmm. um, I feel it embodies uh, this man uh, who actually just recently passed. Okay. Um, I want to show some love to one of the ones who open life up for me Bill Withers because he's not about the jazz the razzmatazz in his voice it's more about the soul yeah you feel every lyric um his his lyrics are from life yeah. you know not made that's good feel like that's good this he he grabs a hold to you you're at attention when you hear his voice it's not he's not he never tried to be anyone else because at the time i mean you had everybody yeah you know you had the smoky um smoky robinson yeah you had marvin Gaye. you had donnie hathaway you had all all of them temptations and his Ocean. voice is so raw with it right it's almost like a um, like a sam cook-esque you know just kind of like a emotion with it have you watched sam cook's uh uh documentary on his life on I, Netflix? I have not Open my eyes really? to Sam Cook. Um, the fact that he uh, he did not give in to the message. Once he mm. found the message um, in what he wanted to deliver and bring, he he was relentless with it. Mm. Um, he didn't give in. He didn't compromise. Um, and that showed that uh, as he was growing up from a, a boy, yeah. all the way up trying to find himself in his identity. Because you know he first started off in gospel, right? And then he branched out, and then he started getting into the political scene. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was hanging out with Muhammad Ali and all of them. And 
and of course they would you know once you're hanging out with them they think that you're you know uh, becoming uh, radicalized or something like that. Yeah, yeah around there but he he you know his messages were so pure and it was from his heart and, uh, it's sad how he you know how he uh, passed right um which is still a mystery um, so so getting back to the artists we have playing now mm-hmm. um you said that he uh, kind of opened your eyes and things like that so yeah. how do you feel um either you relate to him or he has impacted the way that you actually write sing um uh, deliver music that's the place in your heart um my father first introduced me to him he brought me the uh, best of bill winners um you know you get ain't no sunshine when he's gone and yeah. he lean on me and grandma's hands and and those kinds of things just he, he doesn't try to riff he doesn't try to run he's nice. so it's from it's almost like it's from the bottom of his feet he brings it from the bottom of his feet and he would sit down with his guitar mm. um which in my latter years in the last uh five years or so um i started picking my guitar up and really um moving around with it yeah and he could sit on a chair and, and and he's sitting on a chair as you're listening to this this is at uh carnegie hall live mm-hmm. one of his his famous live um uh, records nice um and one of his famous records excuse me um and he's sitting on a chair and his chair and, and his band even in the the 70s you can feel the pocket you can oh, just yeah. as soon as you hear oh, yeah. it we'll, we'll pause for one let's just group You know, pride makes us do two things. Um, we could either hold on longer. Right. Well, pride will make, yeah, you'll either be prideful and you'll hold on too long. Or pride can also make you stop mm. abruptly and say, man, they don't get it. They don't, ain't feeling it. They, they they don't get this 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 master piece that I'm I'm giving them. Like a um I would call it like a Lauren Hill. Um who else just Well can we say that that's the reason why she stops going a little cuckoo. But, yeah, you know, but we don't know everything. We don't know everything. We don't know everything. We can assume. But it it is one of those things where it's just like you know, I, I got this uh this masterpiece and these people aren't appreciating um what I'm handing them or what I'm putting at their feet. Right. Um and it's I would say especially for creative folk, right? <laughs> that you know there's so much going on and so much inspiration, right, that comes into artists um, of all types, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, music, you know, performing arts, all those types of things. And um, that it can be probably frustrating to put your heart and soul into stuff and then for it to seemingly not be appreciated. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that uh, it... it it's very hard. Uh, every everybody is not going to. Everybody can't um, understand mm. um, what you understand. Right. What 
it's ingratiated inside of you what you were built uh to do what that's god good. blessed you with that's everybody's good. not going to get it and you have to be okay with everybody not getting it and that's in it that's in any field in life so so how have you um kind of dealt with it right because i mean you you've done you know all types of stuff how have you kind of processed that in your mind of saying you know it's okay and i'm just going to keep going right uh maturity okay um understanding who i am and the way that god made me Mm -hmm. um and when you understand that you understand that there is a purpose and your purpose is not for everyone right um and i started adopting if if i'm able to connect with that one uh there was a a slogan in the early 2000s each one teach one yeah yeah and I kind of think of it that way. Okay. If I reach and, and I, if I reach that one individual, then you've done what you're supposed to do. Absolutely, everybody is not going to. You have to understand every, the different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, some like jazz, you know, or bebop. Some right. like smooth jazz. I'm one of those that don't like smooth jazz. Please don't put smooth jazz on for me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, Kenny G. No, I don't. You've experienced that. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But that does not mean that Kenny G is not for someone. Right. And um, and as an artist or as an individual, as a teacher, as a leader, you um, are called to a certain group and you have to be confident. Um know your rocks at it best know your role and shut your mouth Mm. so i know my role so because i know my role everybody's not going to get with it so i need to stop yapping about Mm. those who don't get with it why don't they understand me why don't they they weren't meant that's good to understand you so as we're rounding um in the latter half of the year, we started up what I call a sub-series called Healthy for the Holidays. And we had several guests on to talk about uh, healthy habits, how to approach uh, and make it through the holiday season healthy. And hopefully that you all that are recurring listeners have applied some of these things, depending on which phase of life that you're in. And so this first uh, uh, episode is part of the sub-series uh, from the interviews we had with uh, Dr. Megan Pekin, uh, Pickens. And uh, she's a uh, licensed professional counselor uh, and and psychiatrist. And um, she talks about mental health. And we really kind of dig into the uh, challenges and the stigma of uh, seeking counseling, uh, especially in the black community, and how to overcome that and what it really means to uh, pursue and get healthy, not only physically, like we talked about with Joseph, but mentally uh, as a part of it as well. So uh, take a listen to uh, my interview with uh, Dr. Megan Pickens. There's a stigma in the African-American community about counseling. And so um, before we get into like how to overcome it, how did you um, deal with it, especially when you started telling your social circle and everybody that, hey, I'm going to get into this. This is the career path I'm going to pursue. How was that? How, how was that received? Um, when are you going? To, how are you going to live off of that? Mm. <laughs> are you going to have a real job wow. along with that? That was some of the early messages. Then, of course, black people don't go to counseling. Um, black people don't get depressed. All, all of the above, <laughs> like uh, all those messages are the ones I got. And 
I would say really within only the last few years has it really been fully embraced Mm -hmm. kind of by our community, you know, by our culture and our culture. So it's just been that way, but I'm kind of stubborn and hard headed. And so I was going to do it anyway. There it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's interesting that people will say that black people don't get depressed and things like that. Right. Because literally there are hymn books full of essentially songs that slaves and sharecroppers and our ancestors and forefathers put together that were just, you know, lamentations of them going through the yes. pain and communicating through song what they're feeling and right. thinking. And so that's just kind of it's. It's wild that people would say that, but you know, it's a when when you're not recognizing what the the outlet, the emotional outlet or the mental outlet that you have, then I guess you think that that's way. why music is so powerful. I mean, music is nothing but words put to a tune, and so exactly, they were already doing it. That's how they help themselves and so it's just switched to you know a little slower cadence and we'll sit across from each other and talk to each other but still the same thing hit her up go to counseling or find somebody that's close to you it's a great thing i mean let's be honest talking to your best friend isn't counseling that's just you all uh throwing darts in the wind just just being honest all right so uh this next episode is a part of the healthy for the holidays uh sub series uh was about marriage and um, I have two good friends, Akil and Radisha Allen, who uh, are with Forever I Do, uh, DFW. They are um, what they call themselves marriage coaches. Uh, and they talk about kind of how to be healthy and improve uh, your marriage along the way. And it's not just for the holidays, but, um, you know, overall how to improve your marriage and, be, and, and get better at it. And so I uh, take a listen to this and they will definitely be back on in the new year uh, talking about how to set your marriage up right for the year. So hope you enjoy. How, how do you encourage couples to make time for each other during the holidays? Right. The holidays pulls you in so many different directions to where you are. Um you know, legitimately what we talked about going over granny's house or mom's house or, you know, if it's not COVID season, you're flying to Connecticut or South Carolina doing all these other things. Um, how do you encourage couples to to take time for themselves in this holiday to, again, stay healthy so that on your same point that you come out of this holiday season uh, better than, than than what you walked in? So curious on that. Yeah, we we first take a day for ourselves, mm. okay, because, and, and not a day, okay, for, for all the people who just did a big eye roll, I did too, okay, it's not a day. <laughs> I'm, I'm a parent, and I, I want to be involved with my family too, but a moment, you know, um, something that you can do for yourself, because we realize we need to be whole yeah. in order to be whole for each other, okay? Um, uh, yeah, sometimes she, she we drop that. But y'all, y'all, you let it gloss over that. She said, we got to be whole to be whole for each other. That's good. Right. Yeah. Not that, that 50, 50, 70, 30, that's a lie. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred, a hundred around here because sometimes I'm depleted and I need him to be whole for me mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we take time for ourselves. Okay. We take time as a family. We plan. I mean, we just talked about this at dinner. Our girls were like, Hey, there's that park you were telling us about mom. And I'm like, well, during Thanksgiving break, daddy's going to have an extra day off. 
We're going to make a plan for that. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're already planning. None of this stuff just happens. Okay. Not for us. That's our, that's our plan. We plan pretty much everything. And in the plan, spontaneous things happen. Yeah. But we plan. Okay. We make plans. So, um, for us, um, date nights, it's in our budget. You know, sometimes the budget talk is the date night. (laughs) Um, yeah, for real. Like we make time for each other Mm -hmm. and we intentionally like plan it. We put timers on Alexa or whatever to remind us. Oh, yep. She's going to ask you. (laughs) 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 But we, we put, we, we, we're intentional. Yeah. We're just intentional. None of this stuff is just going to happen because some kid like tonight is going to forget that she had two pages of math homework, right? Some child is going to forget that she has to take canned goods for the drive tomorrow. But if we planned it, then we know how, when we have to be done with everything else to make time for each other. Mm-hmm. That's good. And planning planning is key and critical. And just like we said before, it's even in the plan, you have to always make sure you leave room to reevaluate your plan. Mm-hmm. Because what work today may not work tomorrow. Yeah. Or what messed up today, you have to fix tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. And marriage is fun. Yeah. Marriage is fun. They are so cheerful about marriage. And Akil wants to leave the end of it saying, you know, marriage is fun. Ah, Some days, yeah. Some days, no. But I'm aiming for all days to be fun. (laughs) And so, um, again, reach out to them if you want to. If you're a married couple and you're looking for ways to be coached and get better. Um, And even premarital uh, they, they work with folks as well down that path. So definitely reach out to them and get connected. All right. So we're still in our sub series for healthy for the holidays. And these next two <laughs> next two episodes are dealing with singleness and the holidays. And it's a two parter. Uh, we had two fellas on first, um, uh, Kent, Justin Brown and Jeremy Joseph. Uh, and they really stir the pot going, uh, starting off this and the ladies come back real rebuttal. So I listen to the fellas and then uh, I'll come back and introduce the ladies. How, how have you approached singleness, right? It, with these pressures. And then, um, I want to ask how COVID has impacted that side of it. There's no hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard out here. <laughs> I actually had that conversation with my father type thing. Cause I mean, it does come up a- a- around dating type thing. Just kind of like, no, it's a new girl type thing. All right. What, what happened with the last one? I was like, you got to understand you, my, my mother in the military type thing. Y'all are at work, whatever type, it's very simple dynamic. I can go on my phone and find 10 people that look like my mother mm-hmm. and better. It is what it is. Like you, you don't have the same level of, um, opportunity that I have and I can use, you can just like any power or any resource or tool, you can use it for good or you can use it for bad. So there's plenty of opportunity for the technology to ruin my whole dating experience. And that's a gamble that I take every single time I hop on the phone. So it's different. In in, in what way, as far as uh, having an authentic relationship with somebody, as far as um, the pressures of what it should look like. What, what do you mean by that? That, you know, 
Uh, you can use it for good or bad, or you know how the way that technology has challenged. Yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> for one, I want to say I love and respect all black women. Protect black women. Our black queens. <laughs> but a lot of people out here are scandalous. <laughs> Um, with social media and just having that level of ease of access, um, the regular traditional dating of just having a conversation with somebody is now broadcasted on the internet for anybody mm-hmm. to see. Um, the way that you show affection or attention is done within a like or a DM type thing. And this keeps those options so open. Like I said, if you're doing anything on the internet, somebody else can see it. That can cause somebody else to know even want to block or build their own grudges or feelings against the type thing. Uh, this situation, people just get upset because of what you like or who you like on social media or who you didn't like. You saw my picture and you didn't like it. Like these are just different social yeah. constructs that y'all I, didn't have to deal with. You're, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're only seven years apart. Right. Um, but no, you, <laughs> but, but you, you're, you're legitimately correct. Right. I told you they stirred the pot, but that's all right. That's all right. The ladies came back uh, with a little bit of uh, fire of their own. So we have uh, uh, Stephanie Ward and Geraldine Jermaine on to kind of talk about living single and being single in the uh, not only the holidays, but during the COVID season uh, and somewhat of a a rebuttal uh, for the fella. So uh, take a listen. And again, you all have to listen to these full episodes because there's so many good little nuggets in here. Uh, I'm just smiling right now. I'm thinking back to them. So I uh, hope you enjoy. How has, I would call it, not only the holiday season, how do you manage it through the holiday season, but how do you also are living out singleness uh, in this COVID season? So it's a two for one um, because, I mean, and, and maybe this is a question that needs to be asked or or clarified, um, even though you all have said, you know, you're comfortable being, you know, single or where you are, you all still per desire, I assume, to be, you know, in relationship with somebody and, and start families and stuff like that. I'll, we'll leave that out there first. Uh, and if that is the case, then uh, how, how do you manage through the holidays in a single where typically people are looking to maybe get connected with someone because there is this factor of I don't want to be alone for the holidays, either for a season or really have converted their mindset. And then also how how do you manage through covid so let's just say COVID hit different, bro. Okay, because <laughs> it went from three weeks to I don't even know what month we're on. But what date? I just know and you Steph date knows. with a mask on, bro. You know what you look like. <laughs> you definitely got to take the mask off because I need to know if I want to be here anyway. And I don't trust the pictures that you sent me. So no, we can't go on a date. So this is over. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, Gigi. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, but I think um, in the beginning of COVID, um, being single might have hit different mm. because we live on our own. Now we're by ourselves mm-hmm. and now we're forced to be by ourselves for God knows how long. The isolation was real. Yeah, and it gets you in your thoughts and the things that you thought you had a good handle on, you're mm. just like, whoa. And... I don't want, I think COVID quarantine just kind of allowed me to take a step back to, to realize what, what do, what I have here. And I don't want to sound cliche or anything, but having 
family and my group of friends here in Texas makes it so much better. And being able to be around people like-minded who have the same goals, um, trying to move the same way. We just kind of like encourage each other, elevate each other and love on each other because this is what we have, you know? Um, So I think to answer your question for like COVID and, and holidays is just enjoy the people around you. It's going to be tough, you know, because a lot of people are like, there's couples here, there's couples there. But I think it's looking at what you do have. So great perspective from the ladies. And of course, a little bit more sophisticated um, as we we know that they can be. So um, as we're continuing on in this Healthy for the Holidays uh, series, uh, we're back and joined by Larry Vaughn again for lyrics and libations with Larry. And we really just kind of dig into uh, me personally, some, uh, some music that really means something to me and helps me get into the mood and appreciate the holiday season. So uh, take a listen. Why can't it remain? Ray just has this this rawness to his voice. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, it just it just it it does it for me. Like, I mean, I don't want to be sentimental, but it's it's, it's the holidays time, um, and uh, it just it it does that for me because it it brings back memories of. Um, my family, like legitimately, we um, we we've sit we sit down, we enjoy it, we laugh at the ridiculousness of that movie. But that that album, like I legitimately went and bought the album, um, because it it just it means something, right? And I think that's what the holidays are about, right? Being able to reflect and connect and um, and remember uh, what what Christmas is about, right? And and I think that's that's so important um, for us to I, I, I guess to remember why we do what we do, why it's important. Um, and and kind of go from there. So that, that that's my thing. And and that whole album is awesome. He got little drummer boy on there, all these different things. And um it's just a solid album. It's it's classic Ray Charles, his um his gruff, you know, the raspiness in the voice. Uh and and it kind of goes from there. So and we closed out the Healthy for the Holiday season, uh, bringing back Joseph Solis from a previous episode of Fixture Fitness and uh, Robert White from Robert's uh, Rant's Discussions and Wisdom with Robert. And we talked about uh, conversations at the table, the ones that you, you may or may not have had around the table, uh, ones that are tough or ones that uh, are intriguing. And we really hit on uh, the True Kitchen episode that happened in Dallas and uh, kind of what that means culturally uh, from their perspective. So, uh, take a listen. Uh, I mean, I, where do, where do I start? Um, so when I first saw this, uh, it was probably like 10, 11 at night. I was on social media, and 
I see people discussing this kitchen or this, you know, this restaurant who, and I didn't, I had no idea it was even Dallas, Texas to begin with. Mm. Um, but I see this, just like you said, I see this guy going off and I'm like, all right, man, what is, what is this about? <laughs> and yeah, everything that you just said is what I heard. She, uh, the restaurant owner had told this table and I think other tables as well to, you know, this isn't a place for that. And it continued to happen. And you know, I think it came to a point where he was just like, hey, I've had enough. And not only am I going to tell you, I'm telling everyone just, just so we're all clear, you right. know, just so everyone's clear. <laughs> this this ain't it. Uh, people were upset at the fact that he went off on the whole restaurant. They were upset that he um, used the language that he used, which, OK, sure. Um <laughs> My thing is like, you know, I'll say this. I'll drop this. You got people in in higher levels of authority and influence that use worse language. Right. Right. All right. Go ahead. And, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, this is his business. Right. This is something that he owned, something that he he specifically said when he was going off that he made this for us to enjoy. Right. But there are certain guidelines that he once followed, which it's, it shouldn't be an issue. There should be no question about it. Like, this is your business. This is this man's business. This is what he wants. We need to follow these rules if we're going to want to be in this establishment. And for him to have to continue coming back and to have his rules broken, like, literally, not only are you just breaking rules, but you're creating an environment where, like, if she would have fallen... Liability. Like, you're, you're, you have your hand, you're leaning on a glass wall... Like, well, I mean, I don't understand what the I don't I don't understand the outrage. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out weeks later. Like, what are we even why are we even arguing about this? Right. At this point, you know, I hear terms. I hear I hear phrases like uh, uh, what is it? There's one that, that is continuously used every time something like this happens. Respectability politics. Yeah. I'm like uh, this. That's not what this is like in this. That's not what this is in this case. Like this is we're in a seemingly fully black restaurant, black owners, black workers, black patrons. I mean, I I don't understand where that comes into this conversation. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, people people like to be upset. And I think once a certain group gets upset a certain amount of people, then, you know, everyone just kind of follows in. People aren't really allowed to have uh, differing opinions these days on, on these types of subjects, especially within the black community. Like for some reason, I feel like we, you know, a certain amount of us feel like we're like just a monolith. Like we all have to think and act alike, think, act, you know, behave a certain way. And if you don't agree with it, then you're essentially you're not black. Mm-hmm. Either you're not black or not black enough or whatever it may be. And that's just not the case, you know. But I feel like there is a level of just being respectful. Like yeah. just period. Not respect, you know, not respectability politics. It's just it's just being respectful. And it becomes an issue like, well, that's just our culture. <laughs> That's the problem I have. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, you go ahead. No, you That's good. the problem that I have because so so it, it's not just true kitchen, but years ago, and we just came out of an election, but the when this election cycle started four years ago, when we got our current president, who is uh, now not 
the president-elect. But anyway, I'm going to get that. But <laughs> comedian, I won't say his name, but it was a comedian that said, on paper, our current president is blacker than Barack Obama because he has multiple baby mamas. Mm-hmm. Like that offended me to no end because we get right. this man in office who represents the beauty of what I desire for my, he has two daughters, I have two daughters. Mm-hmm. He's married right. to his wife and loves her. I'm married to my wife and love her. He is he is striving to do the things that he is, he, he feels as his purpose in life. I'm striving to do the things that I feel are purpose in my life. And this comedian literally said, but I'm not black enough. Yeah. And for me, it is one of those things that tears us down because what we do is we take I won't even say the most negative because I won't say twerking is negative it wasn't appropriate for the setting because the owner of the restaurant said it's not appropriate for the setting right so if it's his establishment he said this not what this was designed for this is what he uh, he gets to set the boundaries and the culture of that particular area the problem is when we begin to demean people who are creating spaces by saying well you just don't want to be black anymore or this is not black enough. Like I get that as, as a leader of an organization. I mean, for your listeners, right? They know I'm a pastor right. of a church that we all attend, but it's not a traditional black church. And so what some people tell me is, you know, well, we're, we're, we're escaping our heritage. We're not doing what we're doing. We're trying to be white or something. Of that nature. That's not true. Like I am still a very passionate preacher. I do certain things, but there are certain things that we do differently simply because of who we are called to reach, right. not even who we desire to reach, who we are called to reach. And I think there is a target market for every, we just want to use a business term. I'll get away from spiritual, but if you have a business, right, there's a target market that you're looking for. There is a certain demographic that you're working on. And so when you aim to reach that demographic, it doesn't say that that demographic won't twerk. It's just, you hope that your demographic understands that you're not going to twerk here. You can do that over there. And I think that's what he was, he was, he was declaring. The problem is we don't like account. And I'm not saying we as in like black people, I mean, people, right. Human beings. We don't like accountability because what you hear is the women did it when he holds them accountable, they're going to double down on what they're doing because nobody's going to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest problem that we find ourselves in. Humans have to find ourselves in a position where we say, Hey, I'm not the ultimate authority in this situation. And so while I'm not the ultimate authority in this situation, as long as my rights aren't being violated, I need to submit to this. Now, when your rights are being violated, protest, by all means, fight, by all means, rebel, by all means, revolt. But when your rights aren't being violated, I mean, her her right to twerk, are we really about to say that? <laughs> the right to twerk? Is this is this what this this is what we march for? Is the right to twerk? Right. Like, and I get it. Yeah, right to twerk. In, in the right setting, but this this man has a right to a culture in his restaurant. And so I think there's accountability. We talk about respectability politics. What about accountability politics? That's good. Well, wow. I think there's a level of accountability that's lacking in in, in most of our, our, our areas uh, in our country. I, 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 you know, I'm not a global traveler like that. I've been to several places, but I think our country, especially, uh, we use our rights as a reason to rebel against accountability. So again, I hope that you enjoyed this recap. Um, so many great episodes, so much great content. Hope that you guys go back and take a listen. Um, I've enjoyed um, being able to talk with so many people this season, this year, and look forward to what 2021 will bring us. Um, so, you know, of course, a lot of people are saying, what's next? All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take somewhat of a break here. Um Give us, give you guys some time to get settled into the new year. And then we're going to come back at the beginning of February, uh, kicking off season two. Uh, And after all of this 
uh, hoopla of uh, New Year's resolutions and all this stuff uh, goes to the wayside. We're actually going to dig into some knowledge on how to start your year off right because I don't want to deal with that cliche. <laughs> so uh, thank you all. I want to say thank you so much for being a part of this listening audience. And if this is your first time, thank you for tuning in. This is your uh, 20th time based on the number of episodes that we've had here. Thank you for, for being a part of this season, leaving your reviews, your likes, your comments, sharing on social media. Uh, it means so much. And we look forward to uh, having you all and, and have having you tune your ears in in 2021 and, and being a part of uh, all things Finance Gentry. We look forward to uh, connecting with you. And again, tag, like, review, subscribe, all those things so that I know that uh, you guys are looking forward to it. Thanks so much. And uh, we're going to see you after a while.